0: Hello, my name is Brian Fannon, and I serve Grace Fellowship as the Florence Campus Pastor. And wherever you might be today, whether you're in your home, maybe you're in your car, maybe you've made your way to your office, you might even be on a walk, we want you to participate. We want you to glean some good things from the message. So take notes, sing along, and if you have more questions about the church, we'd love to have the opportunity to connect with you. So email us at office at graceky.org or you can just jump online and request information um, as you engage on, online. Please consider downloading our app, which is available on iOS or Android. Uh, in that, you're going to get some additional exclusive content that you, will help you stay connected to the church throughout the week. Today is Palm Sunday. It's a day of celebrating Christ's triumphal entry. And we're going to partake of communion at the close of the message. But we're gonna start our time off today by hearing as well as seeing our grace kids who are going to be uh, blended together, if you will, as they sing and give praise to God, singing Hosanna. And it's with great joy we have with us Natalie Winslow, as well as Jeremiah Hines, who are worship leaders at our Fort Thomas campus, who through the gift of technology were able to collaborate and lead us today. So kids, church family, let's make a joyful noise to the Lord today, singing Hosanna. I hope it's a blessing to you.
1: you today. I think while you're worshiping from home, this is an excellent opportunity to practice choosing to worship in spite of distractions and in spite of situations that might be out of the ordinary. Let's take some time today to humble ourselves before the Lord and choose to worship. Lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh yes I will. lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh yes, I will for all my I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Though nothing can stand against, I choose to praise. To glorify, glorify the name of all names. till nothing can stand against, I choose to praise. Glorify, glorify the name of all names So nothing can stand against I choose to praise To glorify, glorify the name of all names So nothing can stand against Oh yes, I will lift you high In the lowest valley, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will for all my days. Oh, yes, I will for all. Father, we choose to praise you today, even when our hearts are heavy on our on our good days and on bad days, on all of our days, we choose to praise you because you are good and you are worthy of our praise. It's in your name we pray, amen.
2: the last 30 days massive changes have impacted all of us from how you go to school to how you wash your hands to how you have a meeting to how you socialize to where you'll exercise where you work where you shop when you'll travel next what's on your calendar what's in your retirement account and what's on your mind when you wake up in the middle of the night just 90 days ago who could have imagined The levels of change, limitations, disappointments and shattered plans that we would all be facing as we all struggle and run around to some degree or another trying to put together a plan B, C or even D now as the repercussions of this pandemic roll on with no certain end in sight. And that's what bothers us the most, isn't it? We just don't know. We can't make plans. Everything's up in the air. It's like we're holding our collective breath together. But we're all beginning to realize we can't hold our breath this long. So we're going to have to move on and figure out what new normal looks like and what it might just need to look like for a while. So let me ask you, in the midst of so much uncertainty and change, what are you doing to calm and settle yourself right now? Where do you look? What do you hold on to in times like these? Oh, I want to point you to God and God alone. As we dig into one of his most glorious Attributes that set him apart from all of his creation as not like us. And I hope you realize, even as I use that phrase, that's exactly what you need in times like this. Not someone just like you, but someone who has characteristics that are altogether unlike. You and yet still has deep affections for you. Who are you going to find like that? There's one person in the world like that our Creator God and Father who does not change. It's the attribute of God that theologians call immutability. Oh, but be careful right here. Don't confuse immutability with immobility. The two are not synonymous. Immutability captures the fact that God does not change, His character remains the same. But oh, He is not idle. Static or immobile. Our God is on the move and active in our world and in our lives today. In the midst of a worldwide pandemic, our God remains the same, is in control. And is on the move. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm 102. In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth. And the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish but you remain. They will wear out like a garment. Like clothing. You will change them. And they will be discarded. But you remain. The same. That's why God says in Isaiah 45. I am the Lord. There is no other. There is no God besides me. I will gird you. Though you've not known me. That they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting. That there is none besides me. I am the Lord. There is no other. I form the light. And create darkness. Darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. In the very next chapter, Isaiah 46, he says, remember the former things of old. For I am God and there's no other. I am God and there's none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times, things that are not yet done. Saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man who executes my counsel from a far country. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. In James chapter 1. He tells us every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change. And so based on the fact that God does not change, I want to give you today three anchors that I hope can stabilize you in the midst of so much upheaval and change. Here's the first anchor I want to give you. Number one, remember that God's love for you never changes. I know it's hard for us to grasp this because we have no other love like this in the world. Every other love that we know in this world, every other love can wax and wane, increase, decrease, build or diminish Because it's almost always based on what is happening in us or what is happening in or around the lover. Because every other love, surely you've begun to notice this in our world. Every other love so often requires us to keep giving the lover reasons To go on loving us. Reasons to persevere in loving us. Reasons to persist in loving us. But not God's love. It's like no other love in this world. This is a love like no other. You see God's love was shown for us. Apart from anything about us. Let me say that again. God's love was shown for us apart from anything about us. In fact, his love was shown for us in spite of us, not because of us. That's what Romans 5 says when Paul says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us. In that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Nobody else is going to love you like that. There is no other love like that. Which is why the Apostle John wrote one of the most glorious verses in all the Bible. When he says in John 3.16. For God so loved the world. That he did what? Say it. Say it louder. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him. Should not perish. But have everlasting Life. Oh, God's love moved him to send his son into this world to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. His love towards us was demonstrated for us long before you ever did or said or thought anything good or bad towards God. It's not based on you. Now, there's so much more that should be said about the love of God, but that's all I'm going to say today, because next week in our Easter service, I'm going to unpack the love of God exclusively. As I try to encourage you and how you can know that God loves you in the midst of times like this, let me give you the second anchor today that I hope will stabilize you anchor number two. Remember, God's word to you never changes. God's word to you never changes. His word is truthful. His word is timeless. And his word is exactly what we need today. And I feel the need to stress this. Because words today have become so devalued in our culture. Words have been dethroned by the cinematic God of sights and sound bites and sensations. Oh, people want to feel it, taste it, touch it. But listen to me, God still, still shapes us primarily by his word. So listen to me, some of you right now are pushing back. You're going to have to get over how you keep saying, I don't care that much about words. I don't like to read. I just don't care that much about words. I don't like to read. God shapes us primarily by his word. So listen to me, if you want to keep it together, when everything else around you is coming undone, You are going to have to learn to hear God's voice by reading God's word. Hear God's voice by reading God's word. And now I'm going to poke for a minute. Oh, listen to me. God doesn't speak to us audibly today. Because he doesn't need to. Because he has spoken to us through his word. He's spoken to us through his word. Sixty six inspired books, almost twelve hundred chapters, thirty one thousand verses. The word of the Lord, the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord. Stop saying you wish God would speak to you. I just wish God would speak to you. He has spoken to you and some of you just keep ignoring his word. Keep ignoring his word all the while saying, I wish God would speak to me. I wish I would get a word from the Lord. I wish I could get a clear word from the Lord. He's given us his word. You want to hear God's voice? Read God's word because he still speaks to us through his word. That's why Isaiah chapter 40, verse eight says the grass withers The flower fades, but the word of our God stands. How long? Forever, forever. In talking about God's word, Joe Thorne says this, and I quote, The price of gold may rise and fall. The stock market may prove bullish or bearish. Your physical appearance will improve and then disintegrate. The loyalty of friends will come and go. Earthly fame will last for a season. And through it all, the truths and principles and life giving power of God's Word. Remains. Let it be the anchor for your soul. Let it be the rock on which you stand. Let it be the compass to guide you through trials and tragic times. Let it renew your heart. Let it restore your joy. Let it ground your hope. Oh my goodness, this book will renew your heart, restore your joy, and ground your hope. But you have to be reading it. Reading it. Reading it. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm 138. I will worship towards your holy temple. And praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above your name. You stop for a minute and you think about that. God makes much of his name. Oh, he makes so much of his name because God's name reveals his character. That's why there's more than one name for God. Yahweh, Elohim, El Elyon, Emmanuel. One name can't capture all of who he is. The name of God is magnificent and God is saying that he has magnified his Word ...above his name. Why? Because his word reveals who he is. You'll never know who he is... ...apart from knowing what his word says. In the day when I cried out... ...you answered me and made me bold... ...with strength in my soul... You want to be bold? You want to have strength that starts in your soul and begins to fortify you from the inside out? You'll have to read God's word because he has magnified his word above his name. He has given his word the ultimate pinnacle position. So let me ask you, what place have you given God's word? In your life. He's magnified it above his name. What have you done with it? Where is it in your life? How much time do you give to his word? When do you turn to his word? We live in a day of show and spectacle. And sadly, even as Christians, we don't like reading God's word and walking by faith. Reading God's word. And walking by faith. That seems so pedestrian. And mundane. We want experiences. We want a dream. A vision. An audible voice. Something spectacular. And we want to soar. We want to soar. We want experience. And we want to soar. But folks. The bulk of the Christian life. Is comprised of. Reading God's word. And walking by faith. Reading God's word. And walking by faith. Oh, please, don't hear what I'm not saying. You may have a handful of amazing experiences in your Christian life after decades of walking with the Lord. You may have seasons of soaring. But the bulk of your Christian life, trust me, it's what God's word teaches us, will be comprised of reading his word and walking by Faith, settle into that, get a hold of that, make that the bread and butter of your Christian life and stop clamoring for the spectacular. Because God's word is where power and peace are found. Some of you right now have no peace. And little or no power. And those are both symptomatic of the fact that you don't have enough of God's word. You want peace? You want power? It's found in God's word. God's word. God's word. You're deficient in God's word. There's not enough of his word. If you don't have peace and you don't have power right now, you don't have enough of his word. Listen to me feelings and experience can be the monster drink or jolt of your christian life but watch out i hope you've spun that can around and read the label there are absolutely no nutritional value in those energy drinks Zero. Oh yeah it gives you an initial a hit and a high and a jolt and a burst But if you do it and do it often, then you've discovered, I'm sure. And then just a few hours later, it leaves you wallowing, feeling worse and lower than you did before you chugged that drink. Because Red Bull and monster drinks you cannot live on any more than you can live on spiritual experience and sensation. Listen to me. You need real food that's found in God's word, real food that's found in God's word. So turn with me to Psalm 119, and it's worth noting of the entire Bible, 66 books, almost 1,200 chapters. What's the longest chapter in the Bible? Psalm 119. It has 176 verses. And oh, what's the subject of this chapter? Not the name of God. He's exalted his word. He's magnified his word above his name. Guess what the subject of Psalm 119 is? The word of God. The word of God. The word of God. The word of God. You follow along as I begin in verse 105. Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You feel like you're in darkness right now. You need more light. God's word. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I'll keep your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. You guys, his word will revive you like a plant that desperately needs water. Like someone gasping for their next breath. His word will revive you. It gives light and it revives. Skip to verse 114. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Just like last week, I said you've got to fasten your faith on specific promises. Faith feeds on promises. you got to know what they are. Hope. Hope doesn't just float around. You've got to have something to hope in. He says, I hope in your word. But you've got to know his word. I hope in your word. Depart from me, you evildoers. For I will keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to your word. That I may live. Oh, last week we saw how precious it was that he said. God says he upholds us with his own hand. But, folks, what is that hand that upholds us? It's His Word. His Word. Uphold me according to your Word that I may live, and do not let me be ashamed of my hope. Hold me up, and I shall be safe, and I shall observe your statutes continually. Skip to verse 125. I'm your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time for you to act, O Lord, for they have regarded your law as void. Therefore, I love your commandments more than gold. Yes, than fine gold. Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right. I hate every false way. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. The entrance... Of your words gives light. Oh, listen, do you feel like you're in the dark? Do you feel like you're stumbling along? You can't even see the next step you need to take? Your word, the entrance of your word, gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for your commandments. Some of you don't even have the slightest interest in his word. And here the psalmist is saying, oh, my goodness, I opened my mouth and I've panted. I long for your word. I've got to have it. I've got to have it. I can't live without it. I don't have foundation or stability or hope or heart without it. I opened my mouth and panted. I longed. For your commandments. Look upon me and be merciful to me. As your custom is towards those who love your name. Direct my steps. How? Direct my steps. By your word. And let no iniquity have dominion over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man. That I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant. And teach me your statutes. The word Of the Lord. And our church family says, Thanks be to God. His word upholds us, His word revives us. The entrance of His word brings light, light, help, hope, revival. Listen, if you want to see your life begin to stabilize like never before, put down the monster drink of experience and sensation. And start feeding your faith on the word of God. Because Romans 10, 17 tells us what what builds up your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Oh, listen to me. Some of you have a faith that is on life support. It is gasping. It is barely hanging on. And you say, oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm struggling to trust God. I'm. What are you feeding your faith? What are you feeding your faith? Faith comes by hearing. Not hearing the latest statistics on coronavirus. How many have it now? How many are dying? What do we think is going to happen next? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Oh, dig into God's word. And watch Now, this might surprise you. I'm telling you to dig into God's word and go here. But let me tell you what's going to happen. Dig into God's word and watch how it will tear you down and then build you up again with a whole new foundation like you've never experienced before. Folks, his word is a wrecking ball. That first displaces everything you were thinking and trusting in. And replaces it with something better. So be ready. It will wreck you at first. It will not match what you think. It will not confirm the places you've been going and trying to stand and put your hope in. It's a wrecking ball that displaces first and then replaces with a foundation of something so much better. Even in the physical realm, right? The same thing is true. You do not, you do not build muscle mass and add tone and build up your cardio by doing something easy. Just doing what you were already doing. Vicky ran out and purchased a, a DVD called Shred. Does that sound like fun? No, it sounds like hard work. And so she's using that to exercise at home. But it's tearing her down to build her up in a new way. Why do we pay for personal trainers to walk with us at the gym and to work with us? Because we generally would not push ourselves that hard. But they will say, do another one. Give me ten more. And when you think you need to sit down and rest, they'll say, no, 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 no. Go on. Go on. God's word is the same way. Before you can be built up, you have to be torn down his word will wreck you on so many levels but oh it's a wrecking that you want to see take place in your life so that you can begin to have a foundation like you've never had before john white has a book about basic christianity that is probably my all-time favorite titled the fight the fight it's about basic christianity And oh, he expresses this so well. When I read it, my heart just leaped with with affirmation. Me too. Me too. Yes. Listen to what he says about God's word. Bible study has torn apart my life and remade it. That is to say that God, through his word, has done so. In the darkest periods of my life, when everything seemed hopeless, I would struggle in the gray dawns to grasp the basic truths of scripture passages. Now, look at me. Some of you are struggling in the gray dawns. Oh, yeah. But you're struggling in the gray dawn with Good Morning America, with scrolling through blogs and podcasts and everything in the world except God's word. You will continue to struggle in the gray dawns if you don't struggle over God's word and go to God's word. He said, I struggled in the gray dawns to grasp the basic truths of scripture passages slowly as I grappled with the Bible. Oh, listen to this. A strength grew deep within me. Foundations cemented themselves to an otherworldly rock beyond the reach of time and space, and I became strong and more alive. I cannot exaggerate, for there are not expressions majestic enough to tell of the glory I have seen or of the wonder of finding that I, a neurotic, unstable, middle-aged man can have my feet firmly planted in eternity and breathe the air of heaven and all this has come to me through the careful study of scripture you want to have your feet firmly planted in something outside of this world you want to breathe the air of something besides the air of anxiety and fear and coronavirus right now, then you're going to have to go to God's word. And as you go to God's word regularly and you wrestle with it and it tears you down and begins to build you up and you begin to get strong and alive and you begin to sense that your feet are firmly planted somewhere outside of this world and you have a sense that you're breathing some air that is not of this world. And it all comes through God's Word. How much are you reading God's Word right now? This is not the time to pull back. If anything, this is the time to step it up. Read it in the morning and read it again in the evening before you go to bed. Read it in the morning and read it on your lunch hour. Oh my goodness, this is a time. To take in as much of God's word as you can. I love, I gotta be honest, I love how effectively our governor, Andy Bashir, is leading us through this. I love leadership, I love learning from leaders, and I tell you what, he is a good leader. He has proven to be a good leader in a time of crisis. It's been a joy for me to see that. He calms me, no doubt, as I watch his five o'clock broadcast. And I've read articles that say this man is gathering kind of on a rock star status level, a following of people. He's being noticed nationwide because of his steady, hopeful, calm presence and the way he talks to the state of Kentucky. Others are learning from him. And I am grateful But let's just be honest, right? People say that they're anticipating and they build their whole day around tuning in at five o'clock for his update. But he basically says the same thing every day, right? He talks about the Spanish flu. He says, Kenneth, show that chart. And then he says, we will get through this Together, together we will get through this. As well as you can't be doing that. Folks, as comforting as those words are at five o'clock, as the day begins to wrap up. We will get through this together. You should have had an earlier appointment earlier in your day where you met with your Bible open to hear from God, to hear God say, not our governor, but God's sake, I'm with you, I'm working in you, and I am accomplishing all my good and eternal purposes in our world and in your life. And that leads me to the third anchor. Number three, remember that God's purposes and plans are not affected by anything that's going on in our world. In fact, the reason for that is it is God's purposes and plans that are behind all that is going on in our world. I know that's a bold statement, but it's a biblical statement. That's why Psalm 33 tells us, let the earth, all the earth fear the Lord Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord brings the counsel of nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart. To all generations. When the people of God. We're we're scattered right now. Right? And we feel to some degree shattered. Oh listen to me. When the people of God were scattered and shattered as captives in Babylon. With circumstances so much darker than what we're facing today. God said in Jeremiah 29:11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God spoke this in the midst of calamity, in the midst of captivity, in the midst of darkness, in the midst of circumstances that I'm sure caused his people to say, "What? How can this be? This makes no sense. It can't be possible. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. This is not a time to chase after other things, you guys. I appreciate I'm getting emails. Because I've got Amazon Prime. I'm getting emails saying, hey, we know times are hard. Now you've got HBO free. Now you've got the Disney Channel. Now you've got, that's very kind. But folks, Disney Channel and more movies will never cause your feet to feel more planted. Will never give you more light on your darkness. Will never revive you. You cannot distract your way into security and hope. All that provides is some additional distraction. Oh, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord with your whole heart. Cry out to God. Feed on his word and cry out to God. Feed on his word and seek him with your whole heart. I hope you realize that even as this worldwide pandemic is rolling through our world, it is a part of God's sovereign plan. And purpose for our world. He's not scrambling around like the rest of us. Trying to alter his plan. To take into consideration a pandemic. That he didn't see coming. No. God is sovereign over it. Is working in it. For his glory and our good. I mean think about this folks. Do you realize. How this pandemic. Could actually be. The answer. To decades Of prayers that Christians have been praying all over the world. That people would turn back to God. That people would come to faith in Jesus Christ. That people would be saved, would be rescued from their sins. God, God is ultimately sovereign over this pandemic. Nature is not sovereign. Satan is not sovereign. And sinful man certainly is not sovereign. God rules over all. So that we can say along with Job in Job 42. I know that you can do everything. And that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. God is sovereign. God doesn't just see the coronavirus God has eternal purposes for it. It is serving the purpose of almighty God who does nothing, allows nothing without good and wise purposes for it. There's nothing in this world that is meaningless, random, nothing. Which is why Ephesians 1 says that God works all things That includes the coronavirus. God works all things according to the counsel of his will. Surely you've noticed people do not generally turn to God during times of prosperity. They turn to God during times of calamity. And that is what we have now in the mercy of God. It's a mercy, you guys. It's a mercy because it's a wake up call, not just for America. When have you seen something like this? The entire world right now is being reminded of the fragility, how fragile we are, that the things we cling to and trust in the most are simply vapors that can vanish in a moment's notice. So that human beings are scrambling and considering perhaps now more than ever. Oh my goodness, I need more in my life. Oh my goodness, there must be something else in my life. This could be the greatest spiritual harvest we have ever seen. So pray. This might offend some of you. But our prayer should not be. Oh, God, stop this pandemic. Stop it immediately. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Our prayer should be, oh, God, in your mercy, accomplish all of your good purposes through this. Bring men and women to faith in Christ, in closed Muslim countries, in China, everywhere. People are experiencing the same struggle and fear that we are. Right now, oh God, bring people from every tribe and tongue and language and nation to faith in Jesus Christ. Reveal Jesus Christ to them. Show them who you are. Stir in their heart a cry for you and a trust in you. There is something far worse than getting the coronavirus or even dying from it, you guys. Living a healthy life with a secure job and a well-funded retirement account that allows you to enjoy the golden years and then to die and go to hell because you never saw your need for God or His Son, Jesus Christ. That's the greatest tragedy That's the horror that we need to recognize. Oh, Christian, where have you been fixing your eyes? What have you been clinging to? And what have you been feeding your faith on? Are you feeding your faith? The word of God. Do you have light? Do you feel revived? Do you have hope? Do you feel a rock under your feet? Because you're coming to God's word. He's magnified his word above his name. Do the same. Do the same right now in your life. Look to God and your Savior, Jesus, who does not change. Hebrews 13, 8 tells us, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if reading your Bible is new to you, let me give you an assignment. If reading your Bible is new to you, but I've stirred you, you're like, I'm going to try that. Don't start in Genesis. Don't start in Genesis 1, 1. Read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John to see Jesus and consider reading a chapter of Psalms each day because the Psalms express emotions. And one of the number one emotions you'll see all through the Psalms is fear, fear, fear. Read one chapter of a Psalm and one chapter of a Gospel each day. See Jesus, worship and express your emotions to God An unbeliever. Oh, thank you. Thank you for tuning in, giving us this kind of time today, joining us. I'm so glad you have, because right now, more than ever. You need to consider just how precarious. And fragile your life is. We're all being reminded of things that we thought were certain. Can vanish in a moment. And right now, perhaps in your life more than ever before, the people and places where you have turned for comfort have all dried up. You can't go there. You can't go to the clubs. You can't hang out with your friends. You can't sit in the bar. You can't go to sporting events. You can't look forward to a concert with so-and-so. The places you've gone and the people that have been your comfort, that have kept you going, you're cut off for them. It's dried up. Let me tell you where you still can go. Coronavirus cannot cut you off from this. Jesus still stands with outstretched arms and says in Matthew 11, come to me. All who are weary and carrying a heavy burden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. I want you to realize there is a yoke involved. You do take on a new master. You do have to say, yes, Lord Jesus, I submit my life. I surrender my life to you. You are my Lord. But oh, listen, he's the best master ever. He says, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble. He will not abuse you. He will not speak sharp words to you. In fact, no, he won't abuse you. Here's what he did. He took untold abuse upon himself In your place. Because he loves you. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Oh, so much in our world has changed. And is likely to never be the same again. But this truth remains. That Jesus came into our world. Lived the perfect life. Died on the cross. Rose again the third day. And is now... Calling you to come to Him. Come to Christ. And I feel compelled to tell you something. It won't be easy to hear. But it's true. And I want you to hear it. This attribute of the immutability of God. While it is an amazing comfort. To those of us who know Him. It is also a terrifying. Terrifying thought. For those of you who continue to resist and reject this free offer of salvation. Because God's holiness will not change. God's standard of right and wrong will not be lowered. And God's acceptance of one sacrifice in payment for sins. So that there is one way now to be made right with God. Jesus and Jesus only. That is not going to change. God is not going to change his mind about your sin. Or about his son. There's one way. Oh today. Don't say I'm going to think about that tomorrow. Oh today don't put it off. Don't think you have more time. Today is the day of salvation. Put your trust in Christ. Accept Jesus. Receive Jesus into your life. Because listen to me. You can either receive Jesus. Who took the wrath of God on the cross for sinners and drank it dry. Or you will receive the wrath of God against your sins yourself. When you die and stand before him. And it will be too late. God won't change his mind. Come to Christ. Put your trust in Christ. Oh God, thank you for your word Thank you for your love that would send your son into this world for us to solve our biggest problem. And thank you for your purposes and plans that cannot be thwarted by anything in this world. Oh, we trust in you, rest in you, revive us according to your word. Oh, God, thank you for these anchors in the midst of so much upheaval and uncertainty. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: We observe communion to remember and remember something specifically. It's normally when we gather together with other believers. But today, however, we may not be gathered together physically, but as followers of Christ, we gather spiritually before the unchanging anchor of truth Christ died for sinners that is the anchor and every day as followers of Christ it is by grace that we are made right where new life has come and our old life has gone new life in him is possible and it comes to us as a free gift the bread represents his body which was broken for us. He received what we deserved, which is death, so that we can receive what only he can give, new life with his righteousness. Jesus said to his disciples, take, eat. This is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance. same night Christ took a cup and the juice represents the blood of Jesus without blood humans cannot live physically it represents life his life given for our forgiveness the writer of Hebrews tells us without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins Jesus shed his blood for us He died so that we may be spiritually made alive. And this we do in remembrance of Him. God's Word tells us in the book of Matthew chapter 26 that after the Lord's Supper was taken for the first time, the disciples sang a hymn. Let's do that now. As we remember all that He has done for us,
1: the Treasure of greatest price. Do you? Say this week, remembering that our God is sovereign and he is constant and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Have a great week.